You are listening to the Family Worship Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. At FWC, our mission is to be the church where the love of God is demonstrated freely by me. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at www.fwc-chicago.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. Like you don't need people. 
That's one of the strengths of ministry in church is the collective body of Christ, the, the coming together of people, the sharing of minds, the, the ability to touch people, the ability to have people to talk to and people that relate that are going through the same journey with you and can take you by the hand and lift you up when you fall down and you lift them up when they fall down. That's a part of the ecclesia. God says it's a body of Christ. What did he say? You cannot function by yourself. You will not make it by yourself. Because the body has to be connected. Each joint supplies the other joint. Y'all got it? All right, so, so you got to stay connected. Somebody say, stay connected. So it takes wisdom to have those kind of relationships. So all relationships operate by the same principles, whether they are marital relationships or they're unmarried relationships. Somebody say relationships. They operate by the same principles of wisdom. So if you're going to have good relationships, they are, they're all operating by the same principles. Women are women and men are men. Women are women and men are men. Whether you're married to the person or you're not married to the person, she's still a woman, he's still a man. Relationships work by the same principles. So as we learn these principles, as we learn wisdom, we increase our relationships. By increasing our relationships, we actually are going to increase our joy. We're going to increase our happiness. We're going to increase our productivity. We're going to increase uh, our, our feelings of good emotions. All that's going to be increased. It's like, it's like when when people, you know, um, well, let me get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right. So, 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 uh, 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 the relationships that you're in with people, the same principles apply. It could, because we're gonna do we're gonna do the same things in relationship that we do with anybody. In other words, a married relationship is is the only thing that makes marriage different or that you have in a marriage that you don't have in anything else, is really sexual intercourse. That's it, that's the only thing that makes it different, is, is sexual intercourse. What does that mean? That means you will do with other people the same thing you will do with your mate, except that one piece, except that one piece. You will always do things with other people. You will have intimate relationships with people, with friends. You will, you will tell them things about your heart. You will, have, you, will, you will have friends that you are totally connected with. You will have uh, people that you eat dinner with, people you go out with, people you go to movies with, people you work with. You have all these things that you do with your, your mate. The only thing that you, that you don't do with others that you do with your mate really is the sexual intercourse. That piece is, is, is defined and, and and uh, uh, designed for marriage. But everything else, we, we actually do with other people. Y'all with me? All right, so love, love does not guarantee a successful marriage or relationship. Because you hear the song say, all you need is love. Y'all don't know that song, that's a Beatles song. That's before y'all's time. Before y'all's time, y'all don't know that song. Well, you need more than love. Now, love is the, love is the, is the most important thing. In other words, God said love, loving him, loving people, and, and loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving people as you love yourself, though that's the first and second most greatest command and greatest law. However, love does not replace wisdom. Love does not replace knowledge. Love does not replace uh, understanding. It doesn't replace those things. Those things are needed. In other words, um, I counsel people I, we, we counsel people all the time, and uh, they'll be getting a divorce, and you can ask the question, do you love them? Yes. Do you love them? Yes. Why are you getting a divorce? Because I can't live with them. I can't stand them. They get on my last nerve, but, but I still love them. I still love them. So love is not the issue. Love is not the issue. They still love each other, but they can't get along with each other. 
They still love each other, but they, they're in such conflict because love in of itself does not guarantee successful marriage or successful relationships. So yes, we want to walk in love, but don't think that that's going to be the answer to a successful relationship. Your love for something does not make it function properly. Your love for something doesn't mean that it's going to function properly because you love it, all right? You can love something and it's not functioning properly. Uh, go to Proverbs 24 and 3. Proverbs 24.3. What's he say? Y'all got it? Wait, I don't have it. I don't have it. It's more correct, right? Okay, so 24 verses 3 and 4. What's he say? Through what? The wisdom is a house built, and by understanding is it established. And by what? Knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So the wise man Solomon, who God says is the wisest man ever, there will never be one wiser than he. He, he writes this under the inspiration and under the auspices of the Holy Ghost. And he says that how it is through wisdom that a house is built. So it is through wisdom that a family is made strong, that the house is built, that the marriage is strong, that the relationships are strong. It is through wisdom. Notice. He does not mention sex. He does not mention love. He does not mention holding hands. He does not mention ushy cushy feelings. He doesn't mention any of that because that's not what builds a house. That's not what builds a relationship. That's not what makes it strong. That's not what establishes it. He said what, what establishes it is what? Wisdom builds it and understanding does what? Y'all see that in the Bible? Okay, it establishes it. And by knowledge, Shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant things? And chambers, of course, is room. Rooms. So he said, by knowledge, the rooms in your home will be filled with precious things, with riches. And riches, of course, does not always just mean money. That means when we go in that house, that house is filled with good things. It feels good. You ever walk in a house and it's chilly in the house? It's tension in the house. Some people's houses have so much tension, they don't want to go home. He's sitting outside in the driveway, don't want to go in the house because there's too much tension in the house. She does she working late hours because she doesn't want to come home. There's too much tension. So that house does not have precious things in the rooms. The, the house does not have precious things in the room. Because the Lord said it's coming through wisdom, through understanding, and through knowledge. It said nothing about love. So that means you can be manly in love with somebody and your house is jacked up. You can be really in love with a person, but the relationship is bad. You can be really in love with a person, but you don't have an understanding, knowledge, wisdom on how to make this a good relationship or a good understanding. So, so just because I love something don't mean that it's going to build it because it's built through wisdom, through knowledge and understanding. One of the greatest enemies to conquer is what? See it up here? Ignorance. Somebody say ignorance. I don't know what to do to fix my problem or issue. I'm ignorant to the solution to what's going on. I love the person, but I'm ignorant to how to resolve our conflict. I love my wife, I love my best friend, but I'm ignorant on how to solve this problem we have. Hosea, 6, Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Not lack of love, but lack of 
knowledge. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know how to do it. And so what happens when people uh, uh, don't know how to resolve their, 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 uh, their, con their, con their, their conflict or how to resolve their issues, that's kind of the thing that begins to cause domestic violence. Because what happens is the person is trying to force another person to do something. They don't know how to get them to do it, and so they're trying to force them to do it. So the next thing you know, they're fighting. It's, it's becoming domestic violence because they're forcing, they're trying to force their will on another individual. And, and I say it all the time in class, you cannot make anybody do anything. You cannot make anybody do anything. So if, if I'm trying if I'm trying to resolve a conflict and I can't resolve it, then I need to understand I cannot resolve conflicts that are beyond my, my capacity, my, my knowledge capacity. It's beyond my ability to know how to fix it. It's beyond my knowledge base. It's beyond my wisdom. So uh, I got mechanic and counselor up here because you know what? If your car breaks down on the side of the road, it is no sense in getting out cursing the car, kicking the car. Kicking it and cursing it, and and you you keep trying to make it work, trying to make it work, it won't work, it won't work. So eventually, you, what if you just abandoned your car? If this thing don't work, I'm sick of this thing, I'm tired of it. You just abandoned on the side of the road. Now, if you call a mechanic, the mechanic comes and he puts a small little part in your car, and the car is running like new, but you you are gonna abandon that car. And, and many people do. Many people abandon their cars because they don't know how to make it work, and, and somebody else gets that car fixed, sold in the parts, and the car runs for another 100,000 miles. But they abandoned it because for them it wouldn't work because they kept trying to fix themselves, and they didn't have the capacity or the knowledge to be able to fix it. There's nothing really wrong with the car. The, the car's supposed to break down. It's, 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 it's like anything else in the world. Nothing in the world is made to last forever. Not you, not me, not the chair you sitting on, nothing lasts forever. Everything goes back to the dust. Everything has a life cycle. And so we should not, we should not feel like that there's something is wrong with the car because it breaks down. It's, it's gonna do that. So what is the point? Sometimes in relationship, things break down. It's not like it's something wrong with the person. It's like it's just reality. People have problems, people have conflict, people have issues, people have difficulties. They are not to be abandoned because they have a problem and a difficult issue. So we need counseling. So as a counselor, somebody say wisdom, wisdom. knowledge, wisdom. understanding. So if you if you keep having problems in a relationship and it's been a month and you still having them, that means you do not have the skill set, the ability, or the knowledge to solve it. You don't know how to solve it. So 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 what you if you're married, you definitely need to go to counseling. Right? Because we can't solve the issue. Why? We keep having the same issue. We keep we keep having the same conflict, the same bumping of the heads. Uh, Bishop Grace used to always say when I would talk to him, he was always son, he say, son, whichever person don't want to go to counseling is the person with the biggest problem. Whichever the one is that don't want to go to counseling is the one that has the biggest problem. Because you have to be you have to be able to go somewhere. Because counselors are like the mechanics. They, they, they know how to solve that issue. They've seen it, they've heard it, they've talked about it, they've counseled it. So they know how to solve that issue. They know how to deal with that. Then some people feel like, well, I can't get my mate to go to counseling, so I'm not gonna go. No, you still go. Because as you grow, and as you grow in knowledge, as you grow in wisdom, as you grow in understanding, that's always gonna help the relationship 
more than you not going and growing. It's always going to help you. We do need both people to grow, but it always make whatever relationship is, whether it's marital, whether it's friendship, if you continue to grow, it'll it'll automatically make things better than if you don't grow. So, because 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 you, you gotta have the wisdom, you gotta have the knowledge, and you gotta have the competency. So, so if you if you don't know how to fix it, and it's been a month, it's been two months, it's been three months, you don't know how to do it. You need some help. Somebody say help. You need some help. You need some help. And so that means. You gotta get into some counseling. Don't, don't keep doing the same old thing, thinking something's gonna change. Tell somebody, say, nothing's gonna change. It's gonna get worse. Time just makes things worse, it's gonna make things better. It makes things worse. Wisdom always begins with knowledge. Wisdom always begins with what? With knowledge. Wisdom always begins with knowledge. So, so knowledge is information. Somebody say information. Knowledge is information. Knowledge is data. Knowledge is facts. No relationship works without information. Knowledge is getting now. Not, uh, 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 knowledge is getting um, information. It's, it's knowing things. It's, it's getting facts. If you're dating a person, we call dating data. Getting data on a person. We want to know who this person is. We want knowledge about this person because we're about to combine ourselves with them. Uh, uh, if this you're bringing this person in your life as a friend, you want knowledge about the person. It ain't got nothing to do with holding hands and kissing and feeling ushy cushy. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's got something to do with understanding and knowledge about the person. Because we want to know who this person is. Amen? Okay, so because if you take, listen, you're about to put two things together. If you take an egg that's rotten and you take a nice fresh egg and you break it and put it in a bowl, because you're going to make a what? An omelet and you mix it up, what you going to have? You have a rotten omelet, but was both things rotten? No, only one of them was rotten, but the one that was rotten is going to overpower and mess up the whole thing. So that means you want to have the knowledge, because because we can never bring them back to the eggs and the shells once we break them open and put them in there and stir up the thing. The thing is just stirred up. It's just all mixed up in there together. So we want to know who people are. Uh, uh, we want to know that they're, they're, they're saved, they're walking with the Lord, depending on what kind of relationship we're trying to have with them. We want to know that they, 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 they love God. We want to know that they're saved. Sometimes people people think, people, sometimes people concentrate on all the wrong stuff when they want to get a relationship. They talk about money and how much money he got and, and what kind of job he got and all this kind of stuff. That stuff don't mean nothing if, if the egg is rotten. What difference does that make? What difference kind of job he has? What difference kind of money he has? Even sometimes, with, even, with our, even with raising our children and stuff, we are so focused on them getting an education and them, you know, going to college and get a good job. And we so focus on that stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter. What matters is the salvation of your soul. That's what's the most important thing. Jesus said, what does it profit a man? To gain the whole world. And lose so think about this. Do you think the devil really cares that you drive a Maybach or a Bentley? You think the devil really cares that you have billions of dollars in the bank? He doesn't care. He doesn't care if you have billions of dollars, or you drive a Bentley, or you drive a Rolls Royce, or you live in a mansion and you have matches all the way. He don't care about that. He cares about your relationship you have with Jesus Christ. He cares about your soul. The devil's been here since God created this world. 
He ain't thinking about that money and stuff. That's not anything. What does he do with Jesus? I'll give all this to you. All that I have, all the kingdoms, all the power, all of it, I'll give to you if you just will not worship God. Because this stuff don't mean nothing. What means something is your relationship you have with God. That's what I'm after. So with all this stuff, when the devil comes after your money and your, and your car and your house and all that, he don't care about that stuff. He cares about your relationship and he knows that stuff. You care about it and it messes with your relationship. It messes with your relationship. So the principal thing when we're dealing with people is the salvation. is getting knowledge about where they are with their relationship with God. Where are you? What do you think about him? So I want knowledge about you. Then once we get the basic of that knowledge, we're trying to get other, other, other kind of understanding so we can see where our conflict is going to come in. Are we compatible on different levels and what kind of changes am I going to have to make or you're going to have to make uh, as we be in this relationship to, 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 to have knowledge about you. I can, I can be in a better relationship with you because I know how to handle you. I know how to treat you. I know how to talk to you. I know how to deal with you. I have knowledge about you and who you are, what kind of person that you are. And that comes with study. That comes with, 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 with getting getting the, the understanding. Are y'all still with me? Alright, so, knowledge is information. But the Bible said, these are the three things we gotta have. The knowledge, the understanding. I should have y'all read the scripture first. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Got it? Four, five, and eight. Let me just put it up here. Wisdom two. Okay, so these are the three things we're working with. Proverbs four, five, and eight. What's it say? Five through eight. Get what? Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the what? It's the principal thing. It's the first thing. It's the number one thing. You got to have that. You got to have that. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. So, so God, listen, God has given us the pattern of life. He's given us the, 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 the things of happiness, the things of success, the things of powerful, healthy, happy marriages and relationships. This is the thing. Sometimes people, knowledge, somebody say knowledge. So, so, so knowledge, is, knowledge is information, understanding is comprehension, and wisdom, of course, is the application of those facts of what you comprehend applying it. This is the thing. People can sit in church for 20 years and get knowledge. For 20 years and get knowledge. They, they're hearing it, they're getting it. Sometimes they understand it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they can hear it and understand it. In other words, I comprehend the why God is saying it, why God gave me that knowledge. I comprehend why he gave it to me. I comprehend how it works in the spirit realm or in the natural realm. I comprehend what it means, but then I don't do it. So I have the knowledge, I have the understanding, but I won't walk in wisdom. Because the wisdom means I am applying what I know and what I understand to this situation. And sometimes people will sit in church forever, know what the word says, but won't do it. Know what the Bible says that I ought to do in this situation, but they won't do it. So he said, you got to get some wisdom. You have to start applying what you know the word tells you to do. You 
want success? Yes. You want happiness? Yes. You want your relationships to be great? Yes. Okay. Well, you have to start applying the knowledge and the understanding that you have. So the understanding is the ability to use this information and know why it's happening. So somebody say understanding. We have to understand people. Sometimes we quit to judge people. We quit to talk about people. No. You have to understand people. You have to understand the difference between males and females, the difference between how we operate. If you want to have a successful relationship with men, I don't care who you are, you may not never get married, you won't have relationships with men. You got men that are on your job, men that are maybe a manager, a man that are working behind a counter, a man at, a man at, the, uh, at, the, at the mechanic shop when your car needs to be fixed. In other words, you're not going to escape dealing with men. As men, we're not going to escape dealing with women. You may have a woman, I'm a man, you have a woman boss, you have a woman employer, you, you have a woman that's working at the bank, you have a woman that's got to help you walk you through the, whatever. You're going to have these relationships. Now, the thing is, God is saying, you got to have knowledge and understanding on how to deal with a woman. Knowledge and understanding on how to deal with a man. They're very different. Women are very different than men. Y'all know that. But even, even when we speak words, the words are containers of power. Words are when I speak a word, you are hearing my thought. If I don't, if I don't speak the thought, the thought is unseen, it's unheard. When I speak it, now it's heard, now it's seen. Now you you know it's inside of me. Women hear things very differently than men do. Men, we're very logical in our thought process. We're very logical in how we hear stuff. When a woman hears a word, uh, she really doesn't hear the word. Women experience words. Women are emotional. Women, women have feelings. They, they experience words. And that's why they can be so hurt by the things that are said to them. Because there's an experience for them. It, when they hear a word, that's an experience. You're beautiful. You're, 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 you're marvelous. You're wonderful. You're, that's, that's an experience for them. And so that's why you can't, you can't say negative things to women. You can't say negative things to women. You just don't want to do that. You don't want to say negative things to women because it creates an experience for them. So if you're, if you're married and you're saying negative stuff, the woman then goes to work and hears this man saying positive stuff, that's how affairs start because now he's creating another experience for her. You create a negative experience at home. When she goes to work, she's hearing a positive experience which causes her to gravitate to him. Women, women define love as affection. They define love as caring and affection and taking care of them. Men define love as respect. If you disrespect your man, you're messing up big time because that's how he defines love. He defines love on how she respects him, how she honors him, and that's how he hears things. He hears it, respect and honor. That's how he hears things. This is why God is saying, husbands, love your wives, but he says to the wives, honor and respect your husband. He doesn't tell the wives to love the husband. He doesn't tell them that. Because a man hears and equates love very differently. But how do we understand that? We understand that by study. We, we study the word. We read books on relationship. That's what we got to do. Look at somebody say, read a book. Amen. Read books on relationship. Read books on conversation. Because that's going to help you in your life. What are you doing? You're getting knowledge. And then you're getting knowledge that now you're going to be able to apply to your relationship. I read books all the time on relationships. I, I read books on relationships. I listen to relationship teachings. Why am I doing that? Because I don't plan to be single my whole life. I don't plan to be single my whole life. So what do I need to do? I have to grow so that the next relationship that I'm in, I won't make any kind of mistakes that I possibly made before. So when you think about when you think about relationships, you always want to think about yourself. In other words, if 
when I have thoughts like, I can't believe she this or she that or she the other, I stop those thoughts immediately because they don't mean anything. What we need to do is relook at those thoughts and then say, how could I possibly have done things differently not to have her think that way, do that way, whatever, whatever my negative experience is. Instead of thinking about the negative, the negative thing that the person did, you need to think about in what way did I contribute to my negative experience? In what way did I do something that possibly could have made this person do the negative things I didn't like? That's how you gain your strength to grow into the next dimension of what, where you need to go in your life is by always focusing your attention on what you can do. So many times when I counsel people and I talk to people, they are always focused on what their husband is doing or what their wife is doing, or what their husband is not doing, or what their wife is not doing. They focus all of their energy on the other person, and that's incorrect. You don't want to focus your energy on what they is and ain't doing. You want to focus your energy on what you is and ain't doing. I know it's not good English, but that's where you want to focus it. What are you doing to make what they're doing lessen? What can I do to make what, if, if I've got a conflict with somebody, I'm not so much concerned about Aisha's, she's got this conflict with me. I'm more concerned with how did I contribute to her conflict? What did I do to contribute to the negativity she's having with me? It's because that's what I can fix, but I can't, I can't fix anything about her. Can't change nothing about her. So as I'm talking to her in this conflict, what we're trying to do is trying to understand with wisdom, how can I apply some different things to this relationship because I need, to, I need to understand how to, how to resolve her conflict because uh, she's got some issues. I may not even agree with the issues. That's not the point. I may not even agree with what she's saying. That's not the point. The point is I'm trying to resolve it and see how can I do something different to resolve it. How can I move to another level to resolve it? Y'all understand what I'm saying? So wisdom then says I need to do a lot of studying to understand men. I need to understand women. I need to understand children. That's why the Bible says, teach those women how to love their husbands. Teach them how to do that. Ain't they supposed to just love them? No. They don't know how to love them. Tell somebody, say, you don't know how to love me. You don't even know me. How you gonna love me? You don't know how to love me. So you love me superficially on a level, but you really, you really can't really show me love until you kind of learn me to be able to give me love in ways that, that, that love is expressed to me. When, when you understand me now, you can you can give me love. I mean, you keep bringing me turtles. I can't eat turtles. You bring me those turtle candies, and you think you're doing something nice for me. But turtle candies have pecans in them, walnuts or something. Walnuts or pecans. I'm allergic to that. So even though you did a nice gesture, what am I gonna do with your turtles that, that you gave me? I'm either give them away or I'm gonna toss them in the garbage can. So when, when your your effort to express Love to me falls short a little bit because you need to learn I'm allergic to those nuts. So now you won't bring you won't bring that anymore because now you're, you're armed with knowledge and you're armed with understanding. So you bring me a Snickers bar. Now you're doing much better now. I like Snickers bars. Snickers bars are work for me. Every nails with peanuts. That's good. Thank you. That'll work for me. Twizzlers. I like Twizzlers. So now you bring me Twizzlers. I ain't trying to get y'all to bring me no candy. I'm just telling y'all how this works. So we're in relationship with people. We study. That's that's wisdom to now to now apply proper knowledge to this to this relationship. I'm trying to apply proper knowledge and understanding to this relationship, and God calls that wisdom. That's wisdom. Now you're using the knowledge that you have 
to move the relationship forward. So, uh, uh, so, so, so you you don't ever want to have uh, um, 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 when you have a significant others or husbands and wives, a man. You don't ever want to have anyone ever say more positive and good things to your wife than you do. That should never happen. When someone is saying more nice and positive things to your wife than you do, so it should, it should not be where your wife can get up and go to work and get to work and, and a man tells her, you look really nice today. But you saw her before she went to work and you didn't tell her, you look really nice today. So it should not be where someone is getting more compliments, more words of affirmation than you are in the relationship. Because remember, she hears, it's an experience, it's a feeling, it's, it's emotional. And at the same time, ladies, no one should be giving your man more respect than you do. Nobody should be giving your man more honor than you give your man. He do something for this person, he, he grabs their bag and, and helps them to the car, got your bag too, helping her with her bag, or helping her with her luggage or whatever, the airport or whatever, and, and she's like, thank you so much, sir, thank you so much. He got your luggage going in the airport, and you're just like, come on. <laughs> you know, like he's just supposed to do that or something, you know? And so he's, he's at work, and the women are just complimenting him all the time. Oh, man, you're such a good guy. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I know your wife is so happy to have you. You just, wow, you just so, 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 so. And here's what I need more. I don't never hear nothing like that. She ain't never telling me she appreciates me. She's never saying those things. And so they're getting experience for him. They're giving him a level of respect you never give him. And he equates that respect and things with love and acceptance. He equates your disrespect as rejection and unloved. So now he feels unloved. He feels rejected and dejected because the words that you're using are not words of wisdom that are building him as an individual or vice versa. The words that you're using are not building the individual. So your relationship with people, uh, people need to hear you hear you say good things about them. That's that Socially, we need that. Uh, I can't stroke myself. Someone else has to do that. Someone else at some point has to do that. We need friends that will do that. We need friends that will grieve with us. We need, wisdom says, I need people in my life that I can go to and bellyache. I need that. I need that social context where when I'm really down, it's somebody I go to and say, oh, I'm just going through so much. Oh, and they say, really, oh, I understand. I, and it ain't gotta be female, it can be male. Man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I understand. I've been going through too. And it's going to get better. What's going on, man? So on, so on, so on, so on, so on, so What? Really? Oh, man. That's messed up. Man, 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 man. <laughs> I need that. I need to hear that every now and again. But I got to have somebody and people in my life that won't allow me to bellyache. They won't let me do it. Man, I'm going through. What do you mean you're going through? What's going on? So and so, so and so, so and so, what, what you doing? You need to change things you're doing. You, you need to use wisdom in that relationship. So what did you do? What was the decision that you made? You need to get yourself up. You pick yourself up. You ain't nobody gonna do nothing for you. Nobody owe you nothing. You better. I need that too. Everybody can't let me belly. I ain't have a group of friends that just let me belly ache all the time. I never gonna do nothing. I gotta have somebody that's that's not gonna, gonna listen to that stuff and gonna say, okay, well, I hear what you're saying, but this is what we need to do. We need to do this, we need to get this together, we need to do 
just with all that crime and stuff ain't gonna do nothing. Excuses are tools of the incompetent. They build nothing but nothingness. And so we don't need to hear all those excuses. It's like, what, what can we do? What you got in your house? Let's use what you got. Let's move on. Let's get it done. Well, we can't this and we can't that. No, 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 no. So you gotta surround yourself with people and, and connect with people that you know. I can't talk to them right now because they're gonna let me bellyache. I gotta talk to this person over here because I need to get up off my duff and get some things done. So you call them up or, or you, they, you, they can speak into your life. You have them with freedom. They have freedom to speak into your life. And, and sometimes we try to avoid certain people. See, that's why, that's why I look at somebody and say, we are all here. What does that mean? God has people here that are very sympathetic and empathetic and they will listen to you with that caring ear. But then there's somebody else on this side that when you come to them with that stuff, they're gonna tell you to get it together. And you need both. Somebody say both. You need both. You need both. You need you need the Peters that'll cut somebody else's ear, cut somebody's ear off, and you need a John that'll lay in your chest and say, oh, Jesus, it'll be all right. You need that too. John, Jesus had them both. John will lay his head in his chest, and he just stroke John's head, and Peter will cut people's ears off. And, 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 and both things are necessary. So in your relational in your relational life, you got to have both. All right, I got a little bit on the tangent there. Let's move on. So I said, let's move on. Any questions? Y'all know y'all stop me if y'all have questions. Stop me if y'all have questions. All right. So, the biblical creation of excellence. Somebody say excellence. So we talk about wisdom and excellence. The biblical creation of excellence is not a final destination, but it is a continuous journey of what? So it's a continuous journey. We're learning continually. It never stops. Your, your, pursuit, excuse me, your pursuit of excellence, your pursuit of wisdom, it never stops. It is not like you get there. See, when, when we read about Solomon being so wise, what we don't understand is that Solomon, the Bible says he applied himself to everything. He applied himself to reading. He applied himself to study. So it wasn't like God just said, wisdom, no. God gave him a wise and understanding heart. That means he began to understand the things that he read. He began to comprehend, he began to have understanding and revelation of the things that he's reading and studying. But if you don't read and study nothing, he ain't gonna get no, he ain't gonna have no wisdom. So it's not like you're waiting on God to just wave his hand over your head. No, you have to apply yourself. You're applying yourself now in Bible study. People on Facebook, you're applying yourself by listening to teaching, listening to the word. That's gonna give you knowledge. You're gonna take that knowledge and ask God to give you understanding and with the understanding you're gonna start applying the knowledge that you have. You don't wanna be one of those Christians that sit in church, hear it, and never do it. They're, they're, they're Christians who hear love your enemy, but they don't. You know that's what you're supposed to do, but when the enemy comes up, you don't show them no love, you want to get them. So you know you're not walking in wisdom. The Bible says, give, give a tenth of all your increase. We know that, we have the knowledge of it, we even understand why he says it. That's how he takes care of his church and the kingdom. That's how he takes care of his keeping business. Do the tithe and offer the members that are there. That is also how he blesses me. He says, I bless you through your giving. Give it and shall be given. I know that. I have the wisdom of it. I have the understanding. I know why he says it. I understand all that. But then the person won't do it. They won't do it. So he said, you have the knowledge. You have the understanding. But you refuse to walk in wisdom. You won't apply the knowledge and the understanding that you have. If you work the word, the word will what? It'll work for you. So when things are not working, we won't work the word. We hear it, we shout on it, we clap our hands to it sometimes. Sometimes we just won't do it. We just won't do it. The Bible says, forgive. You don't deserve my forgiveness. I ain't forgiving nothing. They better come say they're sorry for me to forgive. They ain't got to come say they're sorry. Just forgive. 
Forgive before they even get there. You forgive the action before they get there. Well, I know what the Bible says, but okay, as long as your butt is in the way, you won't have trouble. Other neighbor, get your butt out of the way. <laughs> Gotta get it out the way. So excellence means good in the superlative degree. In Genesis 1.31, the Bible says God looked at what he had created and what he had done and said, behold, it is, it is good. He says it's good. He just says it's good. He says it's, it's very good. It's very good. It means good in the superlative degree. God wants, listen, God created your life to be very good. He said, behold, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it have. You know you're supposed to be living the good life. You know that, right? You're supposed to be living the good life. The good life of peace. The good life of joy. The good life of happiness. The good life. You're supposed to be living the good life where, where you're living a stress-free, worry-free life. And I know it's difficult, but God said, if you apply my word, you will live, you will live on a plane of worry-free and stress-free. Why? You'll keep giving things to me. Every time something comes up, you'll give, you'll give it back to me. You will know that because you are citizens of the kingdom of God, he has made he is, he is giving you rights as, as, as his citizens, as his children. He's giving you rights and, and said, I'm going to take care of you. He says, why do you worry and fret and give thought of what you'll eat and what you'll drink and what you'll wear? Why do you worry about that stuff? He said, don't you know your heavenly father knows you have needs those things? If you would clothe the grass in the field, take care of birds that you, ain't even, you don't even see them flying sometimes, he, he, he takes care of every one of them. He says, I will provide for a little bird that can just die overnight. Why would you think that I would take care of you? You know, there are insects that are just have a lifetime of a summer. That's their whole lifespan. That's their whole life cycle is one summer. They, they come up, they have one summer, and look at the fly. God, they should have fly eaten. <laughs> Giving plenty to eat all summer long. It's a fly. Every, everything God creates has significance. And everything he creates has purpose. And with that purpose and with that significance, he's also provided for it. He's provided for its purpose. And so God is saying, why? Jesus says, why would you worry about that stuff? He said to the disciples, why are you worried about food? Did you just see what I did with the 5,000 guys and the 4,000 of made bread and created bread? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat? I got you. I, I have you. I'll take care of you. You need to start, you need to start living with a kingdom mindset and a kingdom agenda and understand that I got this. And if you just do my will, my purpose, I'll take care of all your needs. I'll take care of everything you need. What do you need? I'll take care of everything you need. I just need you to take care of my business. The things I've purposed for you to do, the things I've asked you to do, the things I've told you to do, if you will do that, I'll take care of you. You do know that an ambassador, when a person is an ambassador, they're the responsibility of the country that they're the ambassador over. They don't pay for their house. They don't pay for their cars. They don't pay for their kids' tuitions. They don't pay for their heights, their, their kids go to school. They don't pay for nothing. The government pays for everything because they represent the government. When they go into another country, they represent the government. And the government pays for everything. They play fair, they have everybody got a private plane. They, 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 they are the ambassador for the company, for the, for the country. They don't, they're not paying for anything. The government takes care of all of it. What God is saying is that because you belong to me, I'll take care of everything you need. Everything. Someone say everything. I'll take care of everything you need. So, and I'll do it good, and I'll do it to the superlative degree. I'll do it on another level. I'll do it on another level. Somebody say another level. All right, so God's name is excellent. He more he nice things, excellent. That's what that word means, excellent. It's great, it's majestic. Psalms 8 and 1. Go there, Psalms 8 and 1. His name is excellent. 
has for you. God has a life that he doesn't want our relationships all jacked up. Your, our relationships are supposed to reflect him. Now listen, it takes both people to make relationships work right. It takes one person to break it and mess it up. Just one. It only takes one rotten egg to make the whole omelet messed up. One rotten egg mess up the whole omelet. So it takes two people growing in wisdom and faith to make it work. Yes. Mentally, 
Is, is something happening mentally? You need some medicine. You got some imbalances, some hormonal imbalances, some your neurons are not right. Something. I'm gonna make sure you're okay. Especially if this is out of character. This is like you just. Uh, who is this person? You know. So so yeah, we want to make sure we take care of people, but no, we don't suffer abuse where it continues. And the person is agreeing that it's wrong behavior, but I'm gonna keep doing it. So you're gonna keep cheating on me? Yes, I'm, I'm gonna cheat every time I get a chance. Okay, well I'm out of here, because I'm not gonna sit around while you're cheating and going on. It's like, you had some kind of mistakes, some kind of lapse, and, and we can go to counseling and get through this, maybe, you know. But Jesus, uh, obviously the Bible never expects a, a woman or a man to stay around with somebody who's been cheating on. They, Jesus said that's a clear reason for you to go uh, because uh, that's not what they've broken the, the covenant of marriage. They've broke the, broken the contract of marriage. So yeah, there are times when you leave, yeah, but but you don't just want to leave over anything. You know, Jesus says when, when he talked about divorce, he said Jesus he said uh, so we can divorce our wives when we want to divorce our wives for whatever reason we want to divorce. Jesus really didn't even talk about divorce. He went back to the beginning. He said divorce was never part of the plan. Basically what he said, he said, God never intended for divorce to be. He said, but what, the reason why Moses gave you an ability to divorce was because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not meant to be. From the beginning, God made male and female. He took the female out of the male put, and allowed them to come together and said, well, God's put together, let no man put asunder. So in relationship, if you were living in, in relationship and you're living in, in God's word, then it's, these, these things are not going to happen. So these these kind of things won't happen. It's when we step outside of God's word or we stop applying his word or stop living in wisdom. If a person is in church, both people are in church, they choose not to live in wisdom because wisdom is a, the, the right application of knowledge. So if you know that you shouldn't talk to me a certain way or I know I shouldn't talk to you a certain way and I'm doing it, I'm not living or walking in wisdom. And God says, when you do that, your world is going to crumble. Your world is going to fall apart, whether it's relational, financial, whatever. If you stop walking in wisdom, it's going to bring it down. Or you are going to have peace and harmony in those areas of your life. So yeah, you can, you, can, you, can, you can walk out of those kind of relationships. Because God wants you to have harmonious relationship. However, you have to also make sure that you understand what you have done to contribute to the negative behavior of your partner. Don't just walk out. Make sure you have soul search, study, got knowledge, got understanding. What did I contribute? to this negative behavior. Because a person can say, it's wrong, it's wrong for you to slap me. It's wrong for you to slap me. Yes, it's wrong for you to slap me. But, you know, I'm like this. You shot some and you need to get those down like that. See now, if he slaps me, you know, you know, it's not right to slap people. But I am provoking slap. I'm provoking it. And so even though I provoke it, and, and I, I shouldn't have went as far as touching him, because you know, once you start touching people, it's, a, it's another thing. Once I touch him, it's another thing. But if I'm just out in his face, when I do things like that, I'm, I haven't touched him. I'm provoking him. So when he flies off and hits me, then I say, it's wrong. He hit me. It's wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the court. But you provoke the action. And so what you're doing is, and then when you go to court, you know, men always get this, you know, they, they call, what do you call it, they have the restraining order, you know, domestic violence, they always come after the man. The wife can beat you half to a pole. <laughs> you got scratches all over your face, your lip bleed. When she called the police, police locking you up. You walking out like this. And she done broke my leg. 
they're going to side with the woman. That's just how it works, pretty much. But the woman say it was wrong. Now, was it wrong for him to hit her? Absolutely it was wrong. But at the same time, though, you have to say, what did I do to provoke it? Did I push it? Did I push his buttons? And so, and that's important because you don't want to do that again. Even if you don't keep this relationship, you, if you, you're going to get into another one, you want to you wanna get over that kind of thing where, where you know, I didn't provoke this behavior. And so you got to find out from him what's going on. Man, why'd you do that? What do you mean why he do it? There ain't no excuse as to reason why he did it. I agree with that. But we still need to know what's provoking the behavior. You know, we need to know what's provoking the behavior. He cheated on me. I, I'm a great woman. I'm this, I'm that. I'm, yep, that's true. You are. You're a great woman. It's not your fault that he cheated on you. There is no excuse. He should have never cheated on you. Uh, there's, no, uh, there's no condoning it in any kind of way. But there still may be some things that you contributed, and we want to understand those things for your benefit. For your benefit. Okay, so why you cheat on her, man? I, man, I, I come home every night. She didn't have a headache for the last two years. I ain't lying. Last two years she had a headache. <laughs> that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it okay. But that helps some understanding. So you can go to the person and say, you know what? Y'all got divorced, but in your next relationship, you can't have a headache for two years. You just can't have a headache for two years. I mean, you know, it's not a real headache, it's just two percent. So yeah, so certain things contribute to it, you know. It's like, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the woman was talked about negatively every day. She go to work and the man was stroking her ego and talked to her the wonderful things and she just got, listen, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody wants to cheat. Nobody wants to cheat. No one is standing at an altar, marrying somebody with the preacher and the people and the witnesses talking about how much they love each other. And in the back of their mind, they're saying, I can't wait to cheat. I can't wait to get sold because I'm trying to find me somebody. No one's doing that. No one wants to cheat. No one wants to cheat on their mate. No one's trying to do that. Circumstances in the relationship is what has driven one or the other to these extremes. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any any sense for me to just be angry if, if my mate is not there? It doesn't make any sense for me just to be angry with my mate and not look at, did I do anything to contribute to that negative behavior? Was I not there for the person? Did I not talk to the person correctly? Was I not learning how to treat her properly? Was I, was, I, was I not being a good husband? Was I not taking care of her properly? Did I not understand her love language? Was I not expressing love to her in the way that she could receive it? Did I let some man on the job out talk me to my own wife? Did I, did I let that happen? You mean that silver tongue slick dude was out talking to you? And I had you every day, at night, and he stroked your head, put an on your head, then that's whose fault? That's my fault. That's my fault. Does that mean she should have ran out and cheated with the man? No. Did that make it right? No. Does that justify it? No. But it helps me that that won't happen the next time around. Or if we can heal this relationship, that won't happen again. Because I'll understand, and that understanding has to come from the person. And you do that in counseling. You do that stuff when you find out what's happening here. Y'all got me over time. See, y'all not supposed to take me over time. Y'all know y'all got to go home. Facebook people, God bless you. If you want to give, you can give. The number is 855-976-2911. We're always glad to have you all. If you have questions, you can always write them on there. They'll give it to me. I'll answer them next week if you have questions. Uh, write your questions on there, and they'll uh, 
uh, give them to me next week, and I'll answer your questions when I start the Bible study. Uh, uh, we love you. We thank God for you. Everybody else, this is offering time. Or should I pass it offering envelopes? Anybody needs prayer, we always open up a time for prayer. Center podcast with Pastor Noah L. Nicholson. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, fwc-chicago.org, to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Join us next time for another edition of the Family Worship Center podcast.